When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Well, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. We are once again back in my spare room. Yes, this, this feels very familiar. Remember March 2020, uh, except I, I was uh, doing it just on the radio then. Now, of course, we are Talk Radio TV. Uh, so uh, you can uh, see the, the joys of the, well, it looks like a prison cell behind me, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, just back from Hulls. Thank you for your lovely good wishes to me while I was away. Um, but um, I managed to uh, test positive on the PCR test after getting off my flight on the uh, I think whenever it was Sunday morning, uh, late last night, got my PCR results back. Uh, seemed to have something of a, what feels like a very heavy cold. Turns out it's COVID. So, uh, oh well, uh, it looks like I'm uh, stuck at home for the rest of the week. But I'm also with you all this week as well. And it is great to be back. So I hope you can cope with all the sniffles and the occasional cough uh, if I don't manage to hit the mute button in time. Uh, joining me all this morning, I'm delighted to say, is political commentator Benedict Spence. Good morning to you and a very happy new year. Happy new year, Julia. I think I must be the only person left in the UK not to have caught COVID, if this is yeah. anything to go by. It does feel like that, doesn't it? I've, I've met it people who, um, who who messaging me go, oh no, oh no, that's terrible, you caught COVID on your way on holiday. Well, I mean, I could have caught it, could have caught it, you know, in the local supermarket, for goodness sake. I'd like to point out where I was, Antigua. They have masks in all open places. You know, walking down the street, you're supposed to wear a mask. I don't think many people do. You're <laughs> supposed to wear a mask while driving on your own, in in your own car, uh, would you believe? Um, and yet somehow, <laughs> still managed to catch COVID. Isn't that extraordinary? 
it is rather extraordinary, isn't it? And yes, I'm able to go on, you know, the, the tube in London. I'm able to go to Tesco. I'm able to visit family. I'm able to get on aeroplanes. And yet somehow I just refuse to get ill. Uh, I was really hoping to be able to, you know, have some time off and not do any work. But alas, <laughs> I have to. Um, yeah, well, exactly. What, what well, luck. I have to say, I mean, I've been away on, uh, as my regular listener will know, an awful lot of holidays <laughs> in the last couple of years. Uh, I've been out and about, been going to parties, having a, a, a whenever I'm legally allowed to, a very full life, uh, going out to work every day. Um, I, I think I've done quite well not to uh, not to catch this one before. Um, but Omicron uh, has has got me. Hello, Omicron. Uh, we're going to be talking in just a few moments, actually, um, to Education Secretary Nadim Sahawi about um, how we're going to apparently stop Omicron from spreading um, by making all our secondary school pupils wear face masks. I have to say, I did try and sign off a little bit on, on, on my, over the uh, two-week uh, Christmas New Year break, mm. but I always find it fairly difficult to do it completely when there are stories like that <laughs> around. I mean, I, I incandescent, I think, doesn't do justice to how angry I am about the prospect of kids being forced to wear fake, well, utterly pointless face masks uh, all day um, when, you know, government ministers, if you know, they don't wear them unless there's a camera on them. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those. I, I, I would be amazed if they went through with it. But, you know, throughout this pandemic, I've been amazed by what this government has actually pushed through. You know, so you think they so, won't go through with it? I think they're definitely going through. With well, it. this is the thing. I think if you badger them, I think if you hecked them enough, what I think this is, is I think it's effectively PR because there was talk about schools potentially not reopening in January. And we've seen a bit of a bigger backlash than, you know, even this government might have expected to that. And I think looking at their numbers, looking at their polling, I think that they have begun somehow to cotton on to that a lot of these measures aren't particularly popular and in particular in particular amongst parents who are voters disrupting their children's education is a big yeah. no-no especially with a variant that everybody's been told is a lot less dangerous especially yes. to children who were never at risk in the first place i don't think parents will put up with major restrictions on schools and i think masks i i, I think that they're really tempting fate and poking the bear even trying that frankly well, the thing is, it's always seen as sort of a low cost, but very visible, you know, something must be done and this mm. is something. But it's it's not low cost. Forcing millions of perfectly healthy children to cover up their faces while they're at school is not low cost. We know that this has an effect on children's ability to learn. We know it has an effect on their physical and their mental health. I mean, the I mean, people people who I think probably know better than most government ministers, indeed one of the advisors on SAGE, uh, who mm. is the uh, uh, the head of the uh, Royal College of Paediatrics, um, he, he at the weekend, this is Professor Russell Viner, um, he's, he is, as I say, an advisor on stage, and he said, that, you know, the evidence on masks is very unclear. He said, we don't have the evidence that this is useful. So I mean, one of the questions I'll be putting to Nadim Sahawi when we speak to him, the Education Secretary, um, is, you know, what evidence is there? Because it seems to me this is just one of those sops, let's face it, to the education unions, including the likes mm. of the National Education Union. And since, since when does Mary Sodding <laughs> Bowstead get to decide what my child wears at school? There is... There is simply no good evidence and no reason to think that that schools are where COVID is being spread. There's always mm. been this idea, hasn't there, for the last two years that that, that schools are the some sort of plague pit uh, of COVID. <laughs> but it's simply not the case. All of the evidence and all of the experts keep making the point is that they're saying that this is this is basically simply where community spread is mm. revealed. Because, of course, if you test loads of kids in the way you don't test routinely their, their, their parents, you're going to find COVID.
Yeah, I think what this requires is for parents to push back on it. And we've already, you know, the government has already clearly backed down on the idea of not opening schools because there have been rumblings from among parents who, as I say, tend to be voters more often than not and tend to be quite militant when it comes to their children's well-being. I wonder why. And as you say, actually, you're right. This is a sort of a, it's a, it's a nod of the head towards teachers and towards the, you know, the, the overly scared to say, well, we are taking it very seriously. But actually what this requires is for parents to go, no, you've already disrupted our children's yep. education. We already know that the evidence for masks is negligible. Stop doing this. This is not acceptable and we're not prepared to put up with it. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I'm watching from afar, from the other side of the Atlantic. Yeah, I've been really, really buoyed up by um, how many people have been speaking out and, and saying, look, hey, we, we, there's no, ev no evidence for more restrictions on people's lives and seeing the government in England not going down the same route as Wales and Scotland on so many of the measures. I mean, I mm. disapprove of Plan B. Again, I don't think you need to have rules about this. You can advise people. People are very sensible about taking any risks with their health or their family's health, particularly those who are vulnerable. Again, you know, mm. I, don't, I don't have any issue with my child mixing with someone with Omicron um, uh, because eventually she'll get it anyway. Um, I mean, she only recently had Delta in October, so maybe she won't. I don't know, but I'm not going to restrict her life for it. However, we will avoid seeing grandparents um, mm. because we know they're at higher risk. Now, that's the sort of, again, the sort of um, things that, that most sensible families uh, are doing. And, and protecting. And I don't know a single grandparent who, who wants their, their grandchildren's lives, mental health, physical health, um, education disrupted for nanosecond more by mm. yet another measure for which there's no evidence. Uh, yes, at this point in the pandemic, you do think surely it would be far more you know, given the economic damage that's been done by all of the measures, it would be far more cost effective to provide safeguards for people who really are vulnerable and can't get vaccines, for example, rather than you know, potentially put the brakes on many, many other aspects of the economy yeah. just on the off chance that it doesn't spread to them, which you're living proof. It, you can take all kinds of precautions and you're still probably going to get it. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, again, you only have to look at all the countries in Europe, the France, the Spain, the Germany's, the everywhere, Italy, where they've had mask mandates. I mean, France has got a mm. mask mandate outdoors as well, which is where Antigua has had for the <laughs> last goodness knows, uh, best part of two years, I think. I mean, they've got sky high cases. This stuff doesn't work. And everyone, everyone knows it doesn't work. It's supposed to be a signal to remind people there's a deadly virus. Mm. I think we all know that. Actually, you know what? I don't want kids to be reminded that there's a deadly, there's a deadly virus around. I'd like them to get on with their lives. I don't think we go around constantly trying to scare children. That is not normal behaviour. Um, mm. Let's also talk about what is scaring um, the government as well. And this, uh, well, this call for a scrap on energy taxes, VAT on household bills, uh, the extra green levies and all of that, as we are seeing people's energy bills going sky high, and particularly at a time, of course, not only is it winter, it's been a mild few weeks, um, luckily for people's bills. However, people at home, an awful lot more, more this winter um, and people are seeing those bills skyrocketing there's going to be a real shock to the system come April when we uh, uh, see the energy price cap go up even more do you think this is going to actually fundamentally be the really single big issue that is going to damage the prime minister's standing of the public I think it really could when it actually hits. And that's the thing we can sort of, as as with all of the COVID issues that we, you and I and others predicted on, on your show, and we could see it coming over the hill. It's a bit like that. It's that sort of slow moving train that's sort of moving towards you and you're tied to the rail tracks and you can't quite get off it. It's a similar situation. And the problem is the government could, you know, sort of, you know, get rid of taxes and levies and VAT and that sort of thing on energy. But ultimately that just ends up affecting the taxpayer more. What this is, is a result of decades of not properly 
planning for the energy safety yeah. and security of this country. And the chickens are coming home to roost. And you, know, you don't want to sound sort of you know smarmy about it, but come on, people have been warning about this for years. Yeah. You know, not you're closing coal power stations, not replacing them with nuclear, relying entirely on wind. And now what are we doing? We're importing gas and wind from other countries. That's not how a first world country should conduct its energy policy. Uh, and we're seeing that across Europe as well. Uh, the new German government, they're closing down their remaining nuclear power stations, want to rely on renewables. It means they're going to be more and more reliant on Russian gas. The you know the, imp the security implications for that, the international diplomatic implications for that, absolutely huge. I don't think we've even touched the sides of what this is going to do, uh, I think, for the rest of this country. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.